Hello and welcome to the IDK My BFF Jill podcast. I'm your host Jill and I don't know Jack, but not for real. I'm here to learn more about life by being curious about others and being vulnerable about myself. I'm talking to people from all walks of my life because despite the world being big, we all know it's also very small and you never know when that gem will be dropped that will allow you to grow. So let's go. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Untitled Podcast with Jillian Patriarca. Um, If you're listening for the first time, this is just a personal project and an endeavor into curiosity. And I'm reconnecting with old friends. And today I have a really, truly an old friend because we went to elementary school together. Uh, Pamela, welcome to the Untitled Podcast. Thanks. Um, Pamela and I grew up together in New York in the Bronx. And why don't you give a, just a brief intro of yourself, however you want to describe yourself. Um, I'm Pamela. I'm a mom of three. Um, I currently homeschool my boys and that's my main focus. And, um, yeah, we do a little bit of natural living mixed in with like just normal life, you know? That's right. (laughs) So, so as I mentioned, Pamela and I grew up together. And one thing I want to point out and about the two of us is that when I put out this call for people to like join me on this curious project that nobody had any info about, um, the two people who responded immediately were you and one other person. And all three of us are all Aries. Yeah. No surprise. No surprise. What do let's start here. Actually, how would you describe us? Our birthdays are only three days apart too. So how would you describe us as Aries? Um, we're very, I would like to say I'm a straight shooter. Like I'm super honest. So I feel you're in the same way. Super honest, super focused. Um, we're very driven. Um, and we don't care what people think of us. Like we don't, like, I, I honestly don't care. (laughs) I love that because I, I recently made two new friends since I moved. And I, when I met them, I was like, let me tell you, there are five things about me. I was like, Uno, dos, tres, cuatro. And I, the last one was like, and lastly, I just don't give a fuck. And no. they were like, what do you mean? I was like, I don't know what to tell you. I don't give a fuck. And they're like, but you're here right now and you're a good friend and you care. So you do give a fuck. I was like, no, but I really don't. Um, and I didn't know how to explain it besides. <laughs> no, it's, I get that a lot too. And I'm like, it's not that I don't personally care about you. It's right. just. I don't really care for talking every day. I don't care for meeting up every day. Like I love it, but if it doesn't happen, I'm not at home like, oh man, I wish we were together. Like that's that's not me. We have no FOMO. Yeah, no, I don't care. You could go party your heart out and I'm here like, I'm happy at home oh, where I am. It's that's so me. true. Yeah. Um. What else was I going to say? And where where our relationship stands right now we haven't lived in the same place in a long time but the group of friends that we have from when we grew up and at the school that we went to is still close even though we don't talk every day and even though we don't live near each other during the pandemic though we were on it it was it's interesting because I can't tell you where anyone lives right yeah. now but if we get together it's like it just picks up and it's really nice it's really nice and these are elementary school friends we yeah. are very fortunate that we're all still like th- how many people can say that they're friends with at least 10 people from their elementary I know. school I know I know it's, it's, it's crazy fun. um so by the way I live in Seattle now 
Oh, you moved again. I feel like I, when I was telling my husband about this, I was like, um, he's like, where does she live? I'm like, I, I don't know. Jillian moves a lot. So I, I don't know. I'm not quite sure. Aries who moves around a lot. I physically, like, I literally move around a lot. I know. That's yeah. where I'm different. Like, mm. I wish I could, but there's a little bit of fear in me. Like, mm. what's going to happen? Yeah. And I think that fear is attached to kids. Because if I were alone, I'd be like, oh, let's just, let's just do this. Right. But with kids, it's a little different. It's like, definitely. Mm, We're going to get into the kids' topic yeah. because uh, I don't have any, which is why I'm like, let me do it. So. Yeah. We'll get there, but I want to, I want to go back to childhood real quick and start there and ask you, actually, you know, I want to, I want to do this. How would you just, dis- do you remember us as children? And how do you remember, I want to describe you as, I want you to describe me when we were younger. And then I'm going to, I want to describe you when you were young, when we were younger. All right. How do you remember me? I remember you specifically from basketball, to be honest. Like we were on the same team. We always played. And it was nice, but I what stood out to me about you was how like smart you were in the classroom. But then you had like this balance of like you could be like this cool basketball player and then like this really nerdy nerd in the classroom. And that's really hard to find in people because I feel like you're either really strong as like I'm this basketball player and I'm really cool, but then in the classroom it's just like whatever. So that stood out to me from you. It's like, oh, she has like this nice balance, and you were good at it. Like you were good in the classroom, and then you were good on the court, which is not always the case. Um, and I just remember you always really motivated. Like you were always doing something. Like when you moved, and I was seeing you do, um, I don't even know the name of it, but those like little meetings. I don't know. You used to gather. You were part of some group. Girl, like Girl Scouts or I don't, no it was older like older oh when we were older you were part remember. of like I don't remember it was like it was a group and you guys used to meet up maybe like have a convention or something and I'm like that's so her that's so her like that that it doesn't surprise me that she's doing that that I have absolutely no memory of this which is why it's fun to talk to people from because you you have your memories and your experience and your perception. Right. So that's why this is fun too, to hear about yourself from the outside, because I think that's a way that we can check ourselves right. too. I also so. remember you being like the type of person, like if you say you were going to do something, you were going to do it. It was like attached to success. Like if Jillian said she's going to run this marathon, she's going to run it and she's going to win it. And that's who she is. That's how I remember. Oh my gosh, that is really funny. I have something to tell you after we're done recording because I don't want it to be recorded, but really funny. Um, thank you. I'm trying to think of what gathering, but also that makes sense now that you're saying it. Like I have always been someone who I guess brings people together and like wants to, I don't know, what meeting was I was having meetings in elementary school with no, it was like no, not elementary school, but I remember this from when you moved and you were oh. maybe like a college thing you did or maybe a high school thing. But when I saw you doing that, I was like, that makes sense that she would be part of like okay. that. Or... I know exactly what you're talking about. It is DECA. It is... Yes. Yes. I couldn't, I didn't want to say it because I was like, uh, that's wrong. It's going to be yeah. so off. Yeah. No, it's DECA. It is an organization that focuses on marketing management and entrepreneurship. So. Yeah, that's you. Yeah. Well, thank that's you just... for that memory. I remember you being very quiet. Yeah. You were so quiet, but gorgeous. You were always beautiful. Like you were tall and lanky when you were younger. Um, Also, let me point out to the peoples, you're talking to two New York State basketball champions here. All right. Like, do not forget. We are the only team to have won the New York State championship. Um, There's a flag in the gym at our school that says that. So 
Um, that's that. I just want to point that out. But um, even but in in basketball, you moved quietly. Um, in the class, like in general, you moved really quietly. Yeah. But what I remember though is like even in basketball, when you were moving quietly, if you, but you'd have moments where it was like you saved the day with that shot, like that was it. So um, that was that's my memory of you when we when we were younger. It's beautiful, tall, lanky, gorgeous, long legs, which you still yeah. have now, obviously. And then moving quietly, but in a really um, strong but quiet way. And then when it came time to show up, you were like, boom, okay. I just saved the game with that shot. That's interesting because I still get that. Um, I still get like, you're so quiet, but then when you have to show up or when you're mad, it's you're there. You're yes. there and they're like, it's like a switch. And I'm like, I think yeah, that's I a true Aries that. quality. Uh, you're a little, you lean a little more introverted, but when it's time, don't fucking play. Like. Yeah, no, that's exactly <laughs> me. Yeah, like I'm to myself and I'm very quiet. And as I've gotten older, I feel like I'm more outspoken. But um, yeah, that's me. I'm quiet to myself. But if I have to like show you who I really am, yeah, no, no time makes it. I don't think people realize how much an Aries is holding things back. Oh yeah, all day, all day. Whether it's anger, whether it's hunger, whether it's a thought, whether I am constantly holding back. I I'm sure hunger affects us really bad. It's true. Not not the same person. When I'm missing a meal. Oh my God. I'm sure your husband and my partner are scared. Um, <laughs> that when that scary. happens. No, my husband sometimes looks at me. He goes, are you hungry? Like, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Just maybe. maybe we <laughs> it's always the problem with me personally. <laughs> um, speaking of your husband, you know, in the time of in the span of our lives, you became a mom. You were a pretty young mom, if I remember correctly. You're you how old were you when you had your first son? 27. No, you weren't. I was. Yeah, I was. Do you feel like that's a young mom? I do. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Because now as um a mom of like older kids, he's turning eight this summer, which is crazy and like gathering so like he's doing communion this year when I interact with other moms um I'm automatically assumed as the nanny because, because you're so young yes because other I guess I think about it and I'm like I guess it makes sense other women had their kids a lot older so now they're more in like not that it's old but like late 40s or like and I'm here like in my 30s mid 30s and they're like oh you're you're his mom I'm like yeah this is mine yeah. <laughs> not my only one either so yeah it's a little bit of a different dynamic too because I feel like they don't relate to me as much mm -hmm. like when I come to yeah but I feel like that is young especially in now now I have oh, most of my friends don't have kids me I am one of one of those people let's talk about that a little bit because uh it's interesting how you said earlier you know, you would, you'd want to move around, but the fear, there's a little bit of fear attached to that. And that relates to, to children. Um, I know being a mother is an amazing, all encompassing experience. I think um, it would be for me, probably the thing that I finally slows me down, right? If I probably had kids. It is how, the thing that's going to slow you down. Yeah. How um, would you, oh gosh, how has your motherhood experience been like? I don't know. That's a big question, but like, you know, is it truly, as amazing as everyone says it is, and also as hard as everyone says it is? It's amazing, and it, but it's also like equally hard, but it's not as fluffy as people make it seem like, oh, this is like wonderful. Like, mm -hmm. I think it's a lot harder 
than people make it out to be. I think people put out there like, oh, this wonderful life. And it is, your kids are wonderful, but it's, it's freaking hard. It's hard. It's hard to balance your kids. It's hard to balance your own emotions. Um, like when you're upset and they're upset and things get wild. Um, but it does, it did change me. Like you said, um, I went from being very rigid, very structured, and I still was. And like, you can see that in my first, if you were to meet them, you would see he's like a little duplicate of me, like very rigid, very structured, very like, he's always that kid. That's also like, um, we have a very tight routine in this house. And he's like, um, if something changes, he's like, so then when is, when is that happening? Or like, when, when, when are we reading or when, when are we gonna watch our show? Or like if something slightly changes, but, um, as I had more kids, it turned, I, I had to give up some of that like tight structure where I was like, this is not happening at this time. And I can't do this every day at this time, because with kids, you just, it's unexpected, but it is lovely. It's just, it's hard and it's exhausting. It's, exhausting mentally and physically exhausting. and emotionally probably yes. too. <laughs> yeah. the thing is you know we like you said us Aries we hold in so much so I'm holding in like my feelings and then if something happened let's say an argument with my husband then I'm yeah. mad at that and I'm holding on to that and then it gets to the point where like your kid's crying and you're like oh my god am I gonna like lose my shit mm-hmm. in like five seconds and it happens but it's tough it's tough which was was the jump from one to two harder or was the jump from two to three kids harder one to two why um I think it was I was just so used to having just this one kid who I paid attention to and then I had them fairly close they're less than two years apart Mm -hmm. um so Max was still very baby when I had Xander and um it was just a transition thing adding more after two is kind of just like whatever it's like one. yeah it's just like oh here's another person here um and they were and the other two could entertain your themselves while like you're taking care of the baby where like you have one and one and they're like who's this new person taking my mom and not have to share her what's, definitely one to two is way harder, way harder what's the age difference between the oldest and the youngest Max is turning so this year they all have birthdays so Max turns eight and then they Max have birthdays turns- every year my love no, I know, but I mean, like, no one has changed. They turn, they literally go from even to odd every year. So it's okay. like, this is the odd year. This is okay. the even year. They're turning six, eight, eight, six, and four. Oh my God. Did you do that on purpose? No. <laughs> no. No, no. No, no. I can say none of them were planned. <laughs> it just happened. The, the universe said these three boys in exactly right. the amount of time to spread. And boys, you know, I only have nieces that was gonna be my follow-up question because you have sisters right I have sisters Uh, oh you have a brother okay but I have no experience with boys so I for sure thought I was having girls like let me tell you a boy never crossed my mind never and that's why I have girls like everyone else Mm -hmm. like girls and then I had a boy and a boy my thing was three and that's it yeah three boys there but you know what I wouldn't have it any other way I have like a friend who has a girl and we're really close and um I don't know if I could deal with the drama and the emotions that come with a girl like my boys are emotional but not nothing like a girl nothing like a girl. I mean you know me and Janelle and Jenna um we're all a lot and it is especially when you're younger it's like psychological warfare yeah. Right. Like boys would just fight and then be like, whatever. 
No, yeah, they get over it really quick. Really quick. Where we hold grudges. Oh, yeah. We're like, no, I'm going to get you later. Yeah. Like, yeah. You later. took my sweater out of my closet. One of the worst things I think that ever happened that I remember is it was picture day in high school and Janelle and I basically showed up in the same outfit. Like, do you, do you remember the days of like wet seal and it was like a cami and then like a cross top long sleeve? <laughs> so Janelle and I both had like a white base cami and then I had a green crop top and then she had like a blue one. And I was like, are you fucking serious? But you were probably in the same school, right? Yeah, which is a couple even years worse. apart. Even worse. Uh, speaking of school and kids, your career, uh, when did you decide to be, you're a teacher. When did you decide to become a teacher? How did that come about? Was it an accident? Did you know you wanted to be a teacher? Tell me a little bit about your professional journey. So I did not want to be a teacher. Um, I went to school for speech language pathology. And then um, the speech programs when you're going into grad school are super competitive. So I was waitlisted. And as a true Aries, I was like, I'm not wasting my time, like waiting to get in. Like, no, um, it could be because the waitlist could have been like a couple months or a couple years is if someone dropped. So I'm like, I'm going to do something else while I wait. So I went and got my master's in education with um, a specialty in autism okay. because I always had that like interest in like the special ed and like that's why speech intrigued me too it was like that what's not clicking that this kid can't produce this sound or this sound um so I did that and then I ended up loving it like my master's program was a breeze and I made some good friendships there well I'm not gonna lie one solid friendship <laughs> one solid friendship and that's enough um, for us that's enough yeah, for us. That, I'm happy with that I'm like I'm surprised I got one um and that friend tells me that I was very hard to become a friend with. She's like, you never seemed interested. She's like, I always gave and you were just like, hey, yeah, I'm good, I'm good. Um, but anyways, I ended up loving it. And then I went into teaching for about, I taught for about eight years, seven, seven. And I started at a very specialized school. It was only special ed, it was residential. So our kids lived there. It was very intense, but I actually loved it. Like that intense environment, I thrived in. Um, I ended up leaving, you know, just for like salary purposes mm -hmm. and like moving up the ladder. And then I went into um, the DOE, which is the Department of Education mm -hmm. in New York City. And I stayed there for about four years. And then during the pandemic, certain things clicked where I was like, I'm not sure I'm agreeing with certain things or liking how things are turning out. Um, and then I decided to resign mm -hmm. in October of 2021, okay. which is crazy that it's 2023 already. I don't know That's where the time goes. Now, when I looked back at my date, because I was like, I want to make sure I say it right. I was like, what? It was 2021? So I feel like it was last year or right. the year. So you resigned in October of 21. And then how did you, so you were in a traditional classroom, although, yeah. but, with, but with special ed children. Also, let me say this, is special ed even the right term to use anymore? I think when we were younger, we had that term and I want to be correct. I, obviously things have changed. No, it is. It is. They still use it, but they use it as, so in a, in the DOE in like a mainstream school, it's um, an ICT classroom. So it's an inclusive classroom. Um, and they have, and what that means is it's just a child that has an IEP. So it could be, you can have an IEP for speech services. What's IEP? So my, 
So individualized education plan. And right. it's just a plan with like specific goals for you. So like Jillian's goals for the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is something that's written out um, for a student who has like a speech delay. Like my three-year-old has a speech delay and he has technically an IEP. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it could be something as like, as like autism or like a learning disability or, um, you know, it could be something very mild or very big, mm-hmm. um, but it's just the plan that needs to be followed. And because of that plan, you get special services or you get maybe like ex- extended time during testing. And there has to be a special education teacher in your classroom. Mm-hmm. So in all the my years in the DOE, it was um, myself and a co-teacher. That seems like a lot of project management. It is. And it's a lot of like paperwork and um, a lot of like details yeah which is uh, uh what Aries are good at I would yeah. say yeah. <laughs> so you were in a traditional classroom up in, and then you were at the DOE and then in October of 21 you decided to resign and then now you have a homeschooling program yeah tell me about how so, that came about um during the time of resigning I found um a homeschooling group around my neighborhood and they were looking for like a teacher one to two days a week just to like fill in when they're um I mean, their typical teacher didn't come in. And that's how I like got my feet wet. I was like, oh, I, I like this. And these are all kids who have never attended school at all, like not pre-K, nothing. And they had been homeschooled their entire life. And then I started to realize like how well these kids were doing academically, socially. And I was like, this is really interesting because I had looked at it before. But the thing about homeschooling is, which we'll talk a little more about, um, it seems unattainable, but mm. it's not. So, and the reason why it seems that way is because in a parent's mind, or let's say even yours, um, you think that you're trying to replicate the classroom in your home, but you're not. So you think that you have to make this six hour day, when in reality, your child doesn't need two hours of ELA, two hours of math, you know, it. you can get homeschooling done in like an hour, Right. an hour. I love that because, um, you know, there's all these arguments in the professional working world of like the four, the four day work week, as opposed to the five day week. And it's kind of that same concept. Also, I mean, I don't know the history of schools, but what I imagine is this is this all this big capitalist system that we're we're functioning on. Schools are daycares so that we can work and be the labor force. The only reason our kids are in school for eight hours is because we are at work for eight hours. Exactly. So yeah, that's another thing. So the reason, the whole reason why the the school day is that long is because parents need to drop off early. That's why they have early drop off and late pickup. It's to basically go with the parents' work schedule. Um, I always said, since I had like special education students and I had students who are behavioral, I always um, used to mention this, but there's no, you know, there's always people who are like, no, no. And like those be, I, I honestly believe behaviors, those kids who act out at like in the middle of your math lesson, they're just done because after 20 minutes of math, if you grasp the concept and you did your work, why are we doing another hour of it? It's like overload. At that point, it's overload. Even, even for like the really um, intelligent kid, like my oldest, Max, he gets, he gets so bored in mainstream classroom because he's that kid that's like, he does it and he's done and that's it. What am I going to do now while all these other kids are learning and he's there? And then he would get himself, he wouldn't get himself in trouble, but he'd start chatting with his friend. And then his teachers would be like, oh, he's super chatty. I mean, but he's done. Like, what else are we, what else are we doing with him? It's so interesting that you bring that up because I remember actually before I went to Brendan's, I went to another school called uh, Grace Lutheran, 
Um, and I will never forget that um, my report card was always like, she talks too much, right? Yeah. That's always my issue. But that's, you're probably right because I'm done. I did it. I can't grasp it. Yeah. Now what am I supposed to do? And yeah, you know if that makes sense because I really don't like people anyway. So I'm not here trying to talk to you because I want to talk to you. <laughs> I have nothing else to do. All of these things are clicking in my head right now about childhood. Um, but that makes a lot of sense that, you know, you can get schooling done in a shorter amount of time. Uh, it doesn't have to be spread out because oh. just because. No, and schooling can be done anywhere. Um, we go, we, they have their little wallets. We go to like Target's like their favorite place because they can get a toy, you know? And it's always like, you have to make sure that you have enough money in your wallet and that you get the right amount of change. And if you can't afford that, um, it's taught them to save too. And it's taught them to bargain. So like my oldest will be like, oh, I can get three toys for that price instead of this one toy for this price. And I'm like, yeah, you have to make the decision. Like we go grocery shopping together and that's a nice little math lesson. I'm like, get me for my kindergartners, get me this amount of apples and bring it back to the car and do this, do that. Um, my three-year-old, oh man, like I've, so this is like my child that I'm going to see what happens with, because my other two have been to mainstream school. Um, at first he was your typical three-year-old, you know, didn't he really didn't show interest in anything now it's like mind-blowing like he'll sit there in the morning and do his journal oh. and he'll, he won't stand up until he's done like I'm like okay you can go play now he's like oh I'm not finished and he'll sit there and draw and color and um since he has the older kids to look up on um for a while he didn't enjoy coloring and I couldn't understand why I'm like it's coloring but it was because his were his colors weren't in the lines and everyone else's were so he's three and he'll color within the lines right now and he's so proud of it now like he's like oh look mommy I did it and I'm like his vocabulary is like he's Next speech related so he wasn't like talking for like a while and now he's like this chatterbox um he's so interested in like things that like my older two weren't he wants to do school he it's just like his personality has evolved so much throughout this and I'm like I'm really proud of it because I don't think I think back and I'm like right now he would be at like a nursery program and around my neighborhood they're three hours ridiculously expensive and they're three hours and then that's it and then he would come home and just hang out with me Right. Might as well keep him there. <laughs> Let's talk like there's so many things I want to talk about now, but um, you should be proud. Congratulations. Thank like, you. Amazing. Um, let's talk about I want to go back to like accessibility and you people saying that it's not attainable to do homeschooling. Yeah. Because you've had two kids who went to traditional school. You've got the one now at home. Obviously, your situation is a little bit different because you do have a background in education. Right. right. So that changes things. But what are some ways that you would recommend to people who feel like homeschooling, uh, they want to do it, but they don't know where to start. How can they? Um... I want to say first that you don't have to be a teacher. You mm -hmm. as their parent are like 100% capable of schooling your child. And then when things get a little tough, you know, there's always something that you have to refresh your memory on. Just look it up. There's tutors, there's programs online. There's like so much available to homeschoolers and people don't even know it. Um, but I would say, like, let's say you wanted to pull your child out and you were like, I'm doing it next week. What I would recommend for that first week is not to school at all, as bad as, like, as bad as that sounds. Don't school at all and don't try to replicate their thing. Take that week to, like, 
relax, like take your kids to the library, go to a museum, watch documentaries together, um, try to network and find like other homeschooling families because those are the people that you're either going to make a connection with or not. And you're going to find your nice little community that you meet up for playdates or you um, go back and forth on, especially if you don't have that teaching background. I'm like, oh, I found this worksheet and it's amazing. Like here, you should use it for your kid. Or I found this program or, oh my God, Westchester Museum is having classes on Mondays at 10 a.m. when all the other kids are in school. Let's go take our kids. So network a little bit, um, go on a walk, go on a hike, like the outdoors is amazing. And then after that, start setting up your routine and your routine does not have to be like so structured. There are days where my boys are like not having it in the morning and I'm like, okay, we'll do it later. And that's fine. And we just relax in the morning or we color. They love to, that's another thing. Their artistic abilities are never have I ever like realized how much they like to draw and paint and until I pulled them from like mainstream school. Mm -hmm. I think about all the time so you know with my art now I'll never forget one time I walked down the, the I was walking down the stairs in the house with one of my new paintings and my mom was like oh my god I really like that you were always the most artistic one and I was like well where the fuck was that before I didn't you, even know that I didn't know that like what and to your point because our kids are in school in traditional schools you know they don't have the time to really explore that creativity as they could if they were at home and I also want to say someone who also loves finance and stuff, the lesson about like budgeting and negotiating at, while shopping at Target. Um, I love that. So there's so many other ways. Oh, yeah. to I ne we never got that as kids. We never, no. I'm like, I wish I had like, um, I wish I had that. I, I thought came into my head. I wish I had that because I, I think I would have thought differently and I would have set goals differently as an adult. Mm -hmm. Um, my proudest moment was recently when my oldest Max was like, you know how he wants to be a scientist when he grows up. He loves science. He loves planets. He's like this really like nerdy little mm -hmm. And um, he told me, but I don't want to work for someone. Mm. And I, what do you mean by that? And he goes, I want to have like my own lab and I want to do my own um, like experiments by myself. And then he's like, but I was thinking, he's like, Lexi, which is the homeschooling friend we have. He's like, she wants to be a scientist too. So maybe we can be partners and open up our own lab. And then I don't have to really work alone. I have like Lex there, but then like, we're still our own bosses. And I'm like, this is like, literally, I had like a moment, like, I was like, oh my goodness. Like, I don't think as a kid, I ever even knew that I could be my own boss right. or like, that that was a possibility. I was like, look at him. He's thinking of like ways to be an entrepreneur. Oh my God. I love it. Congratulations it. to you for setting up a safe, <laughs> safe environment, right? For kids to be able to think out loud and express right. that. Because I don't think, I don't know about you, but for me, I didn't have that, right? No. Um, especially as you're, did you, I imagine my your parents immigrated, right? To New York, right? right? Yeah. And so for those of us who are the first generation here, we didn't have the luxury or the privilege to have those kinds of thoughts because our parents were literally just trying to keep us alive. Right. And they wanted for us what they were trying to attain. So it was like that nice corporate job or that nice doctor job, you know, where you were like stable financially. And then you had like some leverage also. Right. That's amazing that your son's already thinking about that. I don't uh, think so proud of him. That says a lot about you and the, the world that you've created for them. Um, 
so so to transition to my my other question, the world that you've created for them, something that I noticed, obviously, again, I said, like, all of us don't talk all the time, but we watch each other on Instagram and stuff. And your holistic living is something that is completely, you know, like, I wouldn't say out of the box, but like, just a, a direction that you headed in. And I was like, Oh, yeah. shit. Okay. So tell me a little bit about like what that means, what holistic living means to you. Like for me, I see you talking about like oils and that kind of thing. How did that discovery come about? And why is that important to you and your family? So I like to always when people ask me about this holistic living, I like to say that it's a balance for me. So I don't like to say that I'm super like, Oh, my God, we're not doing this. Um, because I think everything to an extreme is a little like too mm-hmm. much um, but it started when I had my oldest and I was looking at um, I had a preemie mm-hmm. so I wanted we were having like a lot of digestive problems with him um, a lot of like weird preemie problems and they just kept prescribing like a whole bunch of medicine and I was like he's so little like why are we giving him this or like isn't there another um, option so I started off slow and I had a friend who was really into essential oils and she would always tell me, oh my God, this is great when you have like a stuffy nose or this is great when your stomach hurts. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to dabble slowly. And I did. It was very slow. I even stopped like after a couple months. And I was like, I don't know if I like this. Um, but then as I continued to do like more research and things like that, I was like, okay, so I like the oils. I like the way they make me feel. Um, I'm going to look into other things. And then I started looking into like ingredients and mm-hmm. uh, things that are in our products like that we eat and things that we put on our bodies and things like that so there are a couple of like hard no's in our house mm-hmm. and then there are certain things where like we're going to a birthday party tomorrow and I'm pretty sure they're gonna have like chips and candy and I do let them indulge in that and people find it really like oh, but you and I'm like I have to let them be kids you know yeah. and in our home we're so like structured and we only buy specific things I'm not going to be that mom at a birthday party. Like you can't have cake or like you can't have that bag of Skittles or you know, one day isn't going to kill them. And that's where I say like the balance comes in because there's a lot of people that are like, oh no, my child can't have that or no. I want them to know. And I also educate them on that. So like, why don't we buy Skittles? I've gotten that that question a lot from my oldest because he doesn't like the alternative to Skittles. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a brand called Yum Earth and they're mm-hmm. called Giggles. And they taste slightly different. I'm not going to lie. I think they taste great, but he notices the difference. So I, I, we go through the ingredient list. I've done this because he's very much that kid that's like, I want to know the facts and I want to know why we're not doing this. So we've gone through the list and I'm like, let's look this up. What is this? And we'll go through it. And he's like, oh yeah, that doesn't seem too great. And I'm like, yeah, but like once in a while, you're okay. And he's like, okay. Because then he's also that kid that's like, I'm never eating that again. I'm like, well, no, I don't want you to like go that hard. Like you can, if you want one day, but it's more of like a balance. So I try to like keep our medicine really natural. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't have like Tylenol and Mm ibuprofen things like that. I found alternatives that work. And that's the thing about holistic living. You have to find what works for you because what works for my body won't work for yours necessarily. Um, So it's a lot of research and trial and error, but I, I tell everyone, cause everyone's like, Oh, I'm scared. I'm like, just start slow. Like, if you want to start with your shampoo, which mm-hmm. I don't recommend because products like beauty products are the hardest thing to transition to like all clean, natural, the mm-hmm. hardest. Um, but start with something simple, like swap out your kid's cereal or like their snacks or their milk, you know, things like that. Um, but I like to pinpoint like balance. balance. Yeah. I'm not so crazy. Well, no, no. But I'm I'm glad you brought that up and that your kids can still have the Skittles and the cake at the party because I think 
something that we have, I'm not a parent, but you have to think down the road too, right? Well, you're always thinking down the road probably, but like, you know, that if you completely restrict them from that, 20 years from now, they might have a freaking dietary issue, like some kind of relationship with food because of this restriction from their childhood trauma that my mom didn't let me have the Skittles. And now I am a diabetic because I binged or I don't know, whatever. No, it's funny you mentioned that because I have thought of that. I I tell my friends, I'm like, I don't want them to grow up and become these addicts of like, I made all of this because I never was allowed to have it. So now I'm going to go crazy. Like you said, I want them to be exposed, know what they're eating. And if, you know, we make this decision for today, that's fine. But, you know, it's long term. It's not the best. Right. Knowledge is power. Right. Literally, and then making your own informed decision about whatever it is. And as long as you're not hurting anybody else, as long as your body is taken care of and you feel good, then have the Skittle or don't have the Skittle. Now I want Skittles. So I can't remember the last time I had Skittles. You know what I want? I want crispy M&Ms. That's what I want. Crispy M&Ms. Those are hard to find. Those are hard to find, right? Like when we were younger, um, that those were like the things. Okay. Um, I wanted to talk about this in the beginning, but I think let's bring it full circle. So now that you're a mom, you have your own kids. What what aspects? So I I'm I'm thinking about this because the other day I was driving down the street by a Catholic school and they had the barricades out and I was like, oh my god, do they do Play Street? They do. Like, I've seen it. Yeah, and I'm like, so it just brought back this flood of memories. And I was like, oh, I'm talking to Pamela this week. That's gonna be great because I don't know about you, but I think we had a we had a really beautiful childhood. Like the time that we were growing up, where we grew up was beautiful and I wish sometimes that our kids could have that experience right so what are some things from our childhood that you maybe have been intentional about bringing into your kids uh your kids experience now what were some favorite things so I um some intentional things are like outdoor play because I think that that was really we had we were in the streets. Think about it. We didn't have like swing slides. Like we had, we were just like playing out there. So I do try to um, take them outside, even if it's just to like, we rent a house. So it's just yep. like the front yard. We have a little park down the street. Outdoor time is really important to me because I feel like that's something that's not common now, you know, especially with like all the social media things we have. Mm-hmm. They get it so young now. Um, and I like one-on-one time with my kids. So I take my kids on dates um you grew up in a family of three so you know this I grew up in a family of five so I have five other siblings and I don't want them to ever feel like they don't have one-on-one time with me and that was something from my childhood that I brought over my mom used to like chat with us before bed one-to-one so I try to do that to a more like a longer extent so I'll chat with them before bed but then we do like dates so um I do like a date with Max once mm-hmm. a week and then Xander. We go to like wherever they want to go. You know, um, last time they, he wanted to go to Barnes and Nobles. I went to Barnes and Nobles and he looked for some books and things like that. I want that connection from my childhood that I had with my mom, although she was like super busy and super immersed in her mom world. I want them to know that I'm like there for them. And, you know, I don't want I don't want to lose that because I feel like we live our world now is super busy. And I don't think it was like that before, like super busy in a different way. We're like, we're like, I have this email, I have this conference call, I have, you know, this place to go to and this place to go to. And our kids just kind of get drowned in the shuffle of things. Right. right. Um, so that's my main thing with as being a parent. And it's hard because, you know, since we grew up like that and it came so naturally, it's really hard to like focus on it. I have this conversation with my husband where I'm like, you need to put your phone down and like, they're really excited to see you right now. And he'll even say, oh yeah, you're right. Like, and he'll put it down. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So outdoor time, I do family meals. That's another thing. We all sit at the table and we eat dinner um, because I don't want like us to be like on a tablet or like one eating in the living room, one eating here. Um, I think that's important. That little 30 minute family meal, like chatting and like, how was your day? And like very simple talk. I think it's super important. I would agree with you. I think that we are so disconnected as connected as we are now. And the beauty of, um, I'm so like, I'm really, I love to hear that the intentions that you have behind your, the mothering and what, from your experience you're bringing in, um, my mom definitely didn't check in with us. She has never asked me, how are you? Um, maybe now, but because, you know, she's gone through, we've gone through a lot too. She's grown up. Right. And, and all that kind of stuff. So that's beautiful that you're making the time for that. And the outdoor thing. You're so right. We were just out there with ourselves in the street with cars, with cars nothing else we had to learn we were we were practicing our social skills we were (laughs) oh my god you know all my memories of play street would be like i remember this one time you probably were involved i like i got dragged over because of our other friend who they're like he likes you just go over there and talk to him and like i literally got dragged over and there was gum on my stockings (laughs) all you like that's the kind of play that we had like go over there and tell him you like him or we play red rover or like all that kind of stuff. And it was just us, you know? Um, but I think that links to who we are today. I think we have really great social skills because of that experience. And a lot of kids these days are just on their iPads and they're not really talking to people. And so they don't really get that, that human interaction anymore. So it's up to you as the parent to really write, make sure that they're getting that. Oh my God. I love it. You know, you brought something up of like your mom never asking you yeah. how you felt. Um, so cult- I think it's also culturally, like my Absolutely. parents were kind of like that a little bit too. Um, so I make it a point now to um, tell me how you're feeling, you know, tell me. And I got a lot of shit for this when I first started having kids and they were mm-hmm. old enough to like say hello to people mm-hmm. or um, I don't force my kids to say how to give people a hug and a kiss. Hello. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like you choose the form you want to say hi to this person, whether they're family or whether they're a friend or an acquaintance. And I got a lot of um, kickback because it was like, oh, you're teaching your kids like not to be respectful. And I'm like, no, I'm teaching them to know how they're feeling and validate their feelings. And if they don't feel comfortable giving you a kiss, hello, they don't have to. And um, my middle one, Xander, he's super shy and he's never wanted to like say hello, not say hello, but he's never been into like that hug and kiss from other people. And the other day I heard him, we were somewhere and he said, um, I don't want to kiss, but I'll give you a high five. Uh Oh, finally, because usually he would just let it happen. And kind of, you could see him like dying, like, yeah. And I'm like, I don't want that for him. I'm like, just say it, just say it. And he finally said it almost six years later. And I was like, he said it. He was like, I'll give you a high five or I'll shake your hand. And I'm like, that's exactly what you need to do. And I was like, people will respect your boundaries. I was like, they have to. You have to learn how to respect your own boundaries before anything else. And then you can translate that to respecting other people's boundaries. Because if you don't know how that feels like for you, how are you going to know what that feels like for someone else? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that, no, I want to talk about what culture real quick. Your background is what? I'm Dominican. Dominican. Um, And Filipino, obviously. You know, Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, Filipinos, all of us are very touchy people. Yes. Yeah. So that's really, and also, and then New York on top of that, you know, obviously I lived in Texas and other places, you know, in New York, when we arrive at a party, you're like, Hey, what's up? You kiss everybody on the cheek. Yeah. It's just expected. It's just, that's how you say hello. So 
now that you're bringing this up, I'm like, wow, to, to, to deprogram that is hard because that's how we grew up. Especially for an older generation where like, if you don't say hello, you're being disrespectful. Mm -hmm. And I had to clarify, like, I'm not telling him he doesn't need to say hello. I'm just telling him that there are other, there are other ways to shake their hands. You can like say, I don't want to kiss. I'll give you a hug because um, my husband's also Albanian. Right. They're like, it's, their culture is very based on respect and like seniority like this older person like there's even an order that you should say hello when you enter a room in their culture I love it so um I had to teach my kids like oh how to be respectful but at the same time like how you're feeling matters more than how that other people that other person's feeling and it took a while even for my husband to understand that I'm like I have to teach them that like if they don't like that kiss or if they don't like that touch from that person they need to be able to say that like oh I didn't like that or I don't want that because I never want them as a kid. I know I had those moments where I was like, Oh, I really didn't want to kiss like that. Yeah. Thought I had to, and it was just like awkward and I don't like it. Right. But I can't see that because I'm going to get in trouble. In the, uh, I love, I mean, because I, I love organization and structure like you. So I like the idea that there is an order that you have to say hi to people when you walk <laughs> into an Albanian house. I love it. Also, this generation, I get that it's not necessarily okay. One thing that we do in the Filipino culture that I actually think works really well, which I wish we did more of, is it's something called manopo. And when you say hi to someone, uh, you there's no kiss or whatever. You actually just take their hand and you just put it on your forehead. Uh, it's called manopo. And so it's really like, you're, it's, it's like at a distance. Right. Uh, there's no kissing or hugging involved, but it's still a way to show respect. It's real the quick. The respect is still there. Yes, the respect is still there. So um, that's something, I, you know what? When I have kids, I'm gonna bring that back. If and if, ish. Sad. If and when. Um, okay, thank you for being open to my questions about you. We're gonna switch it and be. you're gonna ask me questions, but pause at the, at the room. Okay. So, uh, I'm gonna pause the recording real quick. So, so now we're going to flip the script because I think it's only fair that if someone's being vulnerable with me and answering these questions about their lives, that I should be vulnerable as well. This is part of the, the whole purpose of this project is that um, some the last person I interviewed, he's like, you've always been a mystery to me and I want to know more, but I always felt like I couldn't ask you. And I'm like, you're right, you couldn't. That's correct. Um, but I am opening myself up on purpose and um to people's questions about whatever so I don't know right I would not have answered you (laughs) you're correct there was you know up until my little personal transformation you know that I've been through in the last couple years it's like no absolutely not like this is this is who you get this is the part of me that you get right and now I'm willing to give you that's a lot of that's a true Aries this is what I want you to see and this is not I get a lot like um, you're the perfect mom or like you make this seem so easy and right away I'm like oh no 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 like I will not lie you post like, I will never show you that I'm struggling never right. never never you never and I also think whole family and I'm like me and Crystal are like look at this beautifulness god damn it <laughs> no I always tell people I'm like um I will never show you that I'm struggling. Even if you're like the closest person to me, like dropping off my kids today for this was like, it wasn't a big deal, but I just don't like to inconvenience people. So mm-hmm. my husband's like, where are you taking them? I'm like, oh, I'm taking them to my mom's. But, you know, I had to make sure that she had nothing going on because I didn't want her canceling anything for me. Like, you know, that type of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just, you know, who we are. That's I'm never going to tell you I'm dying. Never. <laughs> I'm dying all the time. I'm so dramatic. Uh, but go on ask me a question I'm ready um, one of I have two questions for okay. you 
And this is like the shorter answer one. So we're gonna start with this one. I wanna know how you came about this artistic side. Like, mm-hmm. because I'm also a lot like you. I'm very structured. And I, I always tell people, I'm like, I'm not artsy. I don't know how to do anything artsy. I, I don't, mm-hmm. I can't draw. I can't, I can't paint. Um, I'm like, the best thing about me is I can scrapbook a little bit. So how did you discover that you even could do this or had these skills or like, you know? I love that. Also, it's listening to you is like listening to myself, right? Like, and this is actually part of my project. Another personal uh, goal that I have this year is to change the way that I describe myself to other people. Um, again, right? Well, how I'm presenting to you. Jillian does right. not do this. Jillian, blah, blah. no, 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 no. Um, and the more that I talk that way, the more that I believe it, right? Subconsciously. Right. So my, I, it's so funny. I always said, one of the reasons I was scared to have kids, I was like, what if I have an artsy kid? What am I gonna fucking do with that? That was my biggest fear, Pamela. Like, That's no so lie. funny. <laughs> no lie, that was my biggest fear. I was like, what do you mean you want to draw like like here in this yeah. thing? So um, I think this whole personal journey has been a rediscovery of my inner child that the biggest fear that I had was a kid who would draw. Now I'm the one fucking drawing. You're like, let's all draw. Like, like I was scared of myself at the end of the day, like getting to, to like some meta thing about it. How did it come about? You know, I, in the pandemic, right? I was going through a separation and was really just asking myself all the hard questions. Like, who am I outside of my marriage? Who do I want to be with? Who am I? What do I like? And on the surface, I know those things. I like structure, I like organization, I like wine, I like food, but like dig deeper. And so one day I was just sitting there reflecting and something was yelling at me and it was just like paint. Like I can't like I don't know about you but I don't have one of these internal dialogue situations where I don't talk to myself and I don't hear or narrate in my head. I don't have conversations with myself. I hear things but there's no questions it's a really hard thing to explain sometimes. We could talk about it more later. But one day I was sitting there and just paint, paint, paint. I'm like, Jesus, okay, shut up. Like, I get it. So I happened to live right by like a Michael's craft store. And I bought the shittiest paint and the shittiest brushes. Cause I was like, I'm not trying to spend money on this. I don't know where this is going. And the very first thing I did, if you, it's really beautiful to see the transition of my work. The very first thing I did was so structured. It was a perfect circle that I traced with a plate, <laughs> you know, like it's so on brand, right? For right. who I am. Like I'm going to paint, but it's going to be perfect. And this is my first time, but it's going to be perfect. Exactly. Do you know that I hate paint nights because of that? Because it drives you nuts, right? Because you're like, God. So um, I started with that. And so basically, I think it was just like, how did it start about my inner child was ready to come out and to heal right and the little girl inside me was like you need to paint and the first little perfect circle has obviously evolved into like that's one of mine back there that's not a perfect circle at all thank you it's my favorite piece of all I would never sell that one um maybe someone can sell it after I die and then you know be worth lots of money um but it's it takes so much vulnerability right to let go of control the flexibility that you have with your children and the schedule is the flexibility that I had to have with myself Um, and that came out through painting because like you said we're always holding things in and this was a way for me to let it out without talking to anybody else (laughs) right yeah perfect world like I'm decompressing by myself 
I don't have to be vulnerable because that's another thing I think that's a, a characteristic between areas. It's like we don't like to seem vulnerable in front of mm-hmm. people. Like we don't have it together or we don't know what we're going to do. We don't have a plan. And it's like um, I don't want to seem like I need that's the thing. I don't want to seem like I need your help or I don't know what I'm doing and I mm-hmm. need you. I have built my life on planning. I'm a professional organizer yes. and a wedding and event planner and a consultant for business operations. Like this is who I am. So it's really hard to, it was really hard to break my own ego, right? To really break my own ego. But painting for me specifically is a way that I can decompress. We still, you and I and many other areas have the need to produce and be productive and to move. So painting is beautiful because I'm moving. Um, um, and I'm producing something. There's a thing here. So it has been really good, but it's a very scary. Um, when I had my art show in December of 2020, that was the most vulnerable thing I have ever, ever, ever experienced. Like here is my life and my emotions on this wall. And here are these people looking at it, judging it, having thoughts and feelings about my thoughts and feelings. Like, and then how did you feel after that? Oh my God, amazing. Because everyone was like, I love it. Like, you know, they're seeing a different side of me that I didn't even know I had, right? And then to share that, they were like, one guy was like, oh, I have this, this one man was in the art show, like older, rich, 60 plus year old white man. And he's like, I have art like this in my home. And I'm like, you want to know how many of my tears are in this painting? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't think this is actual paint. I don't know if it's paint, it's just water, my salty tears from my life transformation. Um, but yeah, so that's how, that's how the painting came about. My inner child wanted to heal and it yelled and I asked no questions, which is why I started this podcast to ask questions. I, I asked no questions. If something tells me to paint, I say, okay, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. And here we are. No, that's great because I, I don't know. That's nice to hear that. Like your inner child came out. I'm like, what's, what's my moment? Because I'm still in that, like that very structured phase, which benefits me as a mom, mm-hmm. but, um, like you said, we always feel like we have to do something and there has to be like some outcome or some production of it. Um, you know, I'm the type of person that like my husband will be sitting watching TV and I'll I'll announce what I'm going to do. I'll yeah. I say, like, oh, I'm going to go wash the dishes and then I'm going to go fold the laundry. And then and he's like, why don't you just sit for a little bit? And I'm like, oh, no, but this needs to be done. And and, you know, I'm I and I question myself. So I'm like, why do I announce it? Like what? He's not judging me. And he's not like, oh, she's sitting there doing nothing. Mm. Oh, you got to dig deeper on that, girlfriend. I do. I don't know. I have to find out. The announcement is really interesting. I do that. I do that with him specifically. Like, I'm like, oh, I'm going to, he's like hanging out after work. The kids are sleeping. And I'm like, I'm going to go wash the dishes. And then I'm going to go fold the laundry. And then I'm going to go pack some lunches. I don't know if it's, I look back sometimes and I think it's like, um, I grew up in a household where you had to be productive a lot of times, you know, like we're very cultural, like you should be washing the dishes. You, you shouldn't be sitting down and watching TV and doing nothing. Like you could be helping me with this. So I think maybe that's why I announced it. Like, Absolutely. Um, rest in our cultures is, a, oh, yeah. is does not exist, right? It's lazy. You're lazy. You're lazy. Rest does not exist. I have really had to teach myself and my partner, Christopher, has been very helpful in doing that. He'll, he's the same, like, just sit. Like, like, just lie down for five minutes. I'm like, lie down for five minutes. What are we doing when we lie down? Like, nothing's coming of this. We have to break those cultural and generational, you know, stigmas that we're holding on to. Rest 
is one of those things. Creativity is one of those things. Yes, it in is. Our, in our cultures, being creative and painting or drawing or whatever is seen as a waste of time because it's not producing money. It's not take, putting food on the table. Really but this. what, what am I doing? Well, uh, yeah. what a, I, I fucking had an art show and sold a couple. No, thousand. I know. But in culturally, it was like, what are you, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. So we have to learn how to rest. And, you know, maybe for you, it's it might, maybe it's not painting, maybe it's drawing, maybe it's sculpture, you know, whatever. And travel a little. you have to travel a little, you know, try, dabble, dabble, dabble and travel. Um, Cause that exposure is going to, who knows what it'll bring out, what your inner, what your inner child wants to. Wants I started to. making time for myself going off. I go to the gym now, which First is step. like, me. Like I get addicted and then it's my thing. Um, and it's also a nice and like a nice uh, model for my kids because now they want to be like fit and healthy. It's but, uh, so tiring being an adult. We got to be physically fit. We got to be mentally and emotionally fit. We got to make sure our families are fed and alive. You know, does my husband still look still okay? Do I still look okay? Hey. It's too much. But that's where I'm going to bring it back and close out the question. Structure and organization comes in, right? if you make the time and the plan to work out or to paint or whatever, then you're able to do those things. If Yes, we have to be flexible, things change, but if you stick to the plan, being organized, being structured, having habits only helps you because it gives you the other things that you need in order to be a productive mom, human being. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So that's- My next question is, your Instagram posts intrigued me a lot. A lot, because this is what I'll say before I ask you, like for financial, like just like basic, like what should I, mm -hmm. what's your advice for kid accounts, for mm -hmm. my personal account? Because I play it safe. As a true Aries, I play it safe. Like yeah. I'm just going to keep it here because it's nice and safe here. And that's all I know, basically. Like I didn't, you know, I wish that's something we were taught. Like look into these things, look into so this. I th and I think it's our job as we get older and the next generation is to provide for them what we were not taught, right? Because right. it's, it's all about learning and growth and moving forward. And that translates to so many things. For me in particular, when I think about, and I'm not perfect with money. I am terrible at a budget. Do not get me wrong. I have a degree in economics and finance. I went to fucking Switzerland and studied this shit and I'm still not great at it, right? <laughs> but just that, oh, like, you know, we talked about being vulnerable and open and honest, like that's the facts, but there are things that I know because of my life experiences that I want to share with everybody else because it's like, God, I wish I knew this earlier. I wish my parents knew this. And what I am really passionate about is because I have so many friends who have, you know, who have kids and I, while I don't have kids to set up for myself, there are ways that we can set them up for success and give them just a little bit of a step up or an edge you know I'm not saying like let's set up our kids so they don't have to work they All should right. still work but there are ways that we can help them out so two things I would bring up and also I am not like a professional in any kind of way this is one friend talking to another friend about things that I've learned that you can oh, learn this is what I need because a professional sometimes it's a little bit intimidating and you're like oh I don't know should I tell you yeah. all my yeah. <laughs> should I tell you? Uh, I will say I'm very fortunate in that I'm so glad all of my friends whether they are acquaintances or whatever, people have a lot of trust in me. And I really appreciate that because I know it's not easy to open up. And even if it's just a simple question, like what are you talking about that savings account? Even just asking the question right. is a step. Um, 
So, so when it comes to kids and I love everybody's kids, you know, Aunt Jill don't play, especially when it comes to setting them up for success. There's two things that I read about that I think are really important. One is in our world, in our capitalist American society, our credit score is unfortunately a really important part of the game. Yeah. Your credit score is what tells people, banks, I am worthy. I know it's stupid, but you know, I'm worthy of this, you lending me money for this house because I'm going to pay you back. Um, I'm worthy of this apartment. I'm going to pay on time. That's this, this number, this credit score is the way that we gauge that in our society. One of the things that we can do for our kids, actually, so back up, one of the most important components of a credit score is your credit history. How long have you been, how long have you been playing this game? Let's have our kids start playing the game early. So what you can do when I think the age is like 13 or so, um, you can add on your credit card an authorized user, right? So your son, Max, when he turns 13 or something, you add him as an authorized user, his social security number. So it's starting to track him, his okay. name. You open it in his name, but you use the card. You, that, yeah. you pay it off. You use the groceries. It's nothing. But by the time your kid's 22, they've already got 10 years of credit history. Exactly. And good credit history. Because well. you're, you're the one doing it. They obviously the kids not touching the credit card. Exactly. Um, and I think that that's something that's a small way that you can really set your kids up for a little bit more success. I wish my parents had known that. But you know, credit cards are really scary. And it's a big game that you need to know how to play. And let's start our kids off earlier in that way. So that's something, obviously your kids are pretty young right now. You don't have, but when they get older, that's something you can do. Um, two, I was, you know, what I had posted about was a savings account. So what you talk about, you talk about comfort. Like I put it here because this is what I know and I'm right. not gonna question it. There are, and I'm, I'm the same way too, but this is something that I recently started doing is, you know, there are these new banks that don't have the traditional branches, right? Like a Chase and a Wells and all that kind of stuff. Because they don't have traditional branches, they're able to actually provide a lot more because they don't have to pay for as much overhead right. and costs. So other banks have high yield savings accounts that provide a really great return. And you, there's nothing, there's no, they're, they're FDIC insured, which means that they are protected by the government. Your money is protected by the government. There's nothing different about that Chase Bank versus the Ally online bank. But Ally is going to give you like 3%, you know, 3.6% back on your money. It's free money. Exactly. It's free money. Well, so like pennies. As opposed to if you leave it at some other bank and you only get 10 cents every month, this is giving me $36 every month. And I think this is, this just came to me yesterday. I literally, I got like 20 plus responses on that Instagram post last night. Um, and as I was typing it to someone, I was like, you know what? It's small steps is the big move. That's yeah. my, my new tagline. Um, and small steps, like changing, like that extra $36 a month adds on. And 36 times however many, you got an extra couple hundred dollars at the end of the year. And all you have to do is open an account online. It's open in an instant. Then you you link your bank and you transfer the money over there. And now your money's working for you. Exactly. As to just sitting there. And again, do your own research. I'm obviously not a, like, you know, disclaimer, not a licensed professional or anything, but I am passionate about sharing what I know. And again, all of this information is on the internet. But talking to a friend makes it a little bit more approachable. Um, there are so many different banks out there. Look at the different ones and find what works for you. But you just got to know how to play that game. Free money out there. 
And we oh, life is hard. This capitalist shit is not fun. So like, if I can get an extra $200 off this bank for this year, I will take it. Exactly. No, exactly. It's <laughs> interesting because when I was opening accounts for the boys, yeah. I always said that I didn't want like, um, whatever that education is, that 50529. Yeah, because I was like, I don't want it attached. I don't want it specifically attached to education. And I don't want them. I didn't see any like, I didn't see the benefit of it, to be honest. So for a while, I was just like holding on to their money. And then uh, I came across that Capital One savings account. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is intriguing. And then last night when I when we messaged about it, I was like, why didn't I do it for, for myself? No. I'm like, that. that's interesting that she like pointed this out and I already have it for the boys, but I didn't even think of like our money. I was just like, oh yeah, we're just going to stick to our regular yeah. bank. I mean, that's um, another discussion, like, again, financial literacy for women specifically is something that is so low on everyone's priority. Well, first of all, as a mom, you're already thinking about everyone else but yourself, number one, right? Yeah, then you throw, then you, for you. yeah, then you throw like all these other like money and all that kind of stuff in the mix. And you're like, oh, shit, if I'm willing, you got to, I love the analogy, you know, when you're on a plane, what do they tell you? Put your mask on first before the kids. Yeah. If, you, if you, if you don't have, if you can't breathe, you can't help them. So oh, yeah. You got to put yourself first. And if you've got that for your boys, that's great, you know, and, and you got to do it for yourself too. And, um, I will talk about it another time, but it doesn't necessarily need to be a 529, but some kind of brokerage account where you just put $50 in there every month, assuming a, you know, regular 7% rate of return. And by the time that they're 22, they could have close to a million dollars if you don't yeah. do anything, but just put the money in there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've been like, really interested in this lately because I've been doing like a little bit of research and I'm like, oh. we this reading to do that but then it's that attached to that fear of like oh but it's safe here like what if I move it here and this happens or you know it's just taking that first step like you said well you you took the first step by just asking me so congrats and like now you just look a little like I you know I sent you the list of all those different things that have those accounts and just look and find out which one you know works best for you put your put your mask on first because you got to take care of yourself so that you can take care of your kids it's the truth it's, it's the true. truth it's very true um yeah any other questions no okay I really I'm, I love that you first of all let me say I love that you only had two questions but I also love the fact that they speak to the two different parts of my brain like one was like the super analytical financial logical right. side and the other side was like this creative person that you know she's kind you of found Jillian yes isn't it funny wait so wait I want to ask you this question how when I started sharing my painting on Instagram and that kind of stuff what was your reaction if you remember I don't specifically remember but I remember when you started posting like your your paintings mm -hmm. like, this is really good and then it went back to that initial thought that I have of you of like of course it would be good it's Jillian she she's not gonna do this if it's not gonna be good like she's not gonna do it but I was really happy for you because as an Aries, I know that that's not easy. That whole creative side, it's not. And it's not, it's very vulnerable. And it's, I think it's the fear of like, not, not being right. Like yeah. not being good or not being, a, because like I said, paint nights, like people are like, oh, let's do paint nights. They're stressful for me. Stressful because mine never looks like his, like the instructors. And I'm always like, 
do a line, but where? And they're like, oh, just randomly like here in the center somewhere. And I'm like, no, no, where in the center? Like, I'm like that one that's like, no, no, where? Where yeah. again? Where? It's like, it's a hot mess for making. I, I agree with you 1000. I love, I, I love that you're sharing this because that is exactly how I felt about those sip and paint things. I'm like, so like three inches from the corner or yeah, like, that's me. yeah. Um, I would say do it alone. <laughs> That's maybe that'll make me feel better. Yeah, probably. It will because you know what? At the end of the day, us Aries are very competitive people, mostly with ourselves. I think people get it. People get it twisted that we're comp like competitive about this game. Yes, I can be, but also we don't fucking care. So yeah. like whatever, you can win. It's fine. I don't care. I am competitive with myself, and it's not necessarily that like your painting doesn't look as good at the teach as the teachers, but maybe subconsciously we're like this is not the best painting I could have done. Right. No, yeah, that's it. That's it. It's like, yeah. I didn't try hard enough. Like, this yeah. could have been better. I should have yeah. done this. Or and it's it so hard to let go. I remember one of the, I went to a sip and paint with my girlfriend and it was, you know, my hand is shaking because I'm like, this is so stupid. I hate this shit. Like, why are we here? I'm just here for the wine, you know? Um, what I found, which was really interesting, maybe this would help you. Um, I felt calm when I painted with red. Hmm. which is really so you have to this this requires a level of mindfulness and awareness right like you have to know your body as we were talking about before but when I paint with red it was like easy and calm which is really funny because that's counterintuitive to what the color red typically right. signals it's stop it's alert it's fire it's don't do this um but for me for whatever reason a lot of my paintings have a red base because it makes me feel good and grounded and so once I discovered that red was kind of like my color that made me feel a little less scared of painting I always started with that color so it made it a little bit easier that's interesting yeah so I really need to like dig deep you you're inspiring me thank you so, I know paint stresses me out even with the kids like they love to paint and the whole time I'm like Oh, oh, I hated the mess, you know, it is. it's yeah. the mess. Yeah. But you know, here's how I reframed it. Right. Because of structure and organization. This is the time that I have blocked to be messy. Okay. Yeah. That and that, that's like that for whatever reason, again, if I see that, you know, like visually on a calendar, or if I just tell myself, okay, this is a 90 minute block where I'm allowed to be messy. I'm not messy in everything else. Like, I'm, I'm, I am scheduling my messiness for, for this little. That makes sense for us. That makes sense for us. Yeah. It made me feel a lot better and I could do it. And I was like, we have to, we have to let go. And I, I thank you for pointing out when, when I started sharing on Instagram that it was hard. It was, you know why? Cause my fear was like, oh my God, this is who I am. This is how everyone knows me. This is a whole complete opposite version of Jillian. Are they still going to be like, are they still, you know, trust me the way that my friends trust my advice? Or are they still going to like, I'm still a boss. Like, do not, you know, yes, I, yes, I paint now. And that's kind of frilly to some people. Right. Is everyone still going to understand that I'm still the boss, even though now I'm being messy? Like, no, oh, it's true. It's, but no one thinks like that. It's, it's us. No one thinks like that. Everyone was probably like, oh my God, look at her. That's gorgeous. Like, and we're here like, oh my God, are we going to take me seriously? Like, is this okay? Like, we have to get out of our own comfort zones. And that's where the growth 
comes, which brings me to close. Thank you for stepping out of your comfort zone and sharing with me. Thank you for pushing me to answer your questions. Um, I actually, I love, you know, I didn't even think about like, it was my inner child who was coming out, right? Who wanted to paint. So um, that's why I'm doing this. So thank you for your time, for sharing. I am so proud of you, like on us from the little- So proud of you. Thank you. That we have be- the human, uh, the the obviously human, the women that we have become is pretty crazy. I'm blessed and thankful to have all of our friends still be people I can call on and have conversations with. Uh, we're really lucky. And I cannot wait to see what your boys do with their future they're because really- you're setting them up in the best way thank possible. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was fun. This was nice. Yay. A little catch up conversation.